Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back to the second Sunday of Easter for the week of April 11th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we are in the season of Easter. I know where I am right now, there's definitely starting to be the transition of we're definitely seeing movement toward spring and just the greening up of things. Where I'm at, we've had rain for a few days straight, so it's been this weight of anticipation for when the sun comes out to be able to see the light bringing forth new growth around us. And it's an exciting thing. It's a thing that I know the ground where I am at has been needing rain pretty drastically. And especially to start the spring in a lot of ways off this way with getting that water supply that we need so much is just an exciting thing to be thinking about, to be able to absorb in and be in, but yet we can't rush it, which leads into our Twitter question from last week so well. How are you not going to rush the struggle and how are you going to live in the struggle? And I think when we think about this, especially in regards to where we are as a global community at this moment, I think these are questions that we really have to live into and think about a lot because it's really easy and tempting and very appealing in a lot of ways to go back to what we were as we are slowly making progress toward or the illusion of at least in some regard that we will be returning to some sort of this new normal that we're walking into and just to go back to the way that things were. But we're also different people. We are changed people and the last year has caused us to think about, reconsider, go through a lot of different things. And in that, I think it's then remembering and thinking about that as we're moving forward, that we're not the same people that we were. It's living into the struggle of who am I now? Who are we now as we progress and move forward? And I think it's something that as a society, as a world, as we wrestle with lots of these different things, being that were we too busy? Did we take enough time to stop and smell the roses? Did we take enough time to be listening to opposing views and really being able to dig into the meat and potatoes of arguments to have a listening ear and invested interest in both parties and being able to really make decisions that are for the best for everyone sitting around the table? And I think that's one of the things that we have to be able to consider and look at and think about as we move forward as a society, as a world. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be living into that struggle and not just necessarily going back to who we were, but realizing that as we are able to live into those struggles, as we're able to go through those struggles like Christ did for us, we become and come out different people than who we were when we went in. And I think it plays really well into where we'll be going this week. So let's just jump right into it. Our first reading is from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35. Again, remember Acts gets nicknamed the Acts of the Apostles, but continuing in the book of Luke, really, Jesus coming back and then having left here, we have a group of what becomes kind of the early church, a group of believers being of one heart and one soul. So one body and that they have all their possessions and giving testimony to who Christ was in the resurrection, they decided that they were going to share what they had with each other. 
and making sure that all of them then had what they needed to survive and making sure that that was being distributed. And that's kind of what we get into with this Acts reading. And I think it's something that we'll get into a little bit more with the science tie-in this week. But I think it's something, again, as a society, we need to be considering. And how are we making sure that we're raising the tide for those who are having trouble getting the tide raised? The psalm this week is Psalm 133. There's three verses, so I'm just going to read it to you this week. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down into the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down over the collar of his robes. It is like dew of Harmon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord obtained his blessing, life forevermore. There's a lot of symbolism in this, the oil being poured over like was done in the Old Testament to the apostles. Mount Harmon and the mountains of Zion being clear on the kind of the other side. So kind of casting this broad net of where the blessing of the Lord is being spread. And again, this idea of bringing together these different people, bringing everyone together that in together we're able to realize and see the blessings that Christ has for us. The second reading is from 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 2. And this is kind of, again, being in the late New Testament here, one of these writings kind of reminding us of who we are, that this fellowship that we have being shared in the body of Christ and remembering that it was through him as Christ dying for us that was then willing to really bring us forth into a new life. And one section of verses that's very familiar is coming from chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And realizing that the sin that has been cured from us came from sacrifice, came from Christ going through what Christ did for us. The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. This is the last section here in John, so it's kind of an interesting pickup, but also this kind of picks up right where we left off. Because here we get the evening of the first day of the week. This comes right after the resurrection. And here you have all the disciples together. They're fearing the Jews. They're scared. And Jesus appears to them and says, peace be with you. He shows them his hands. They show his side. The disciples are just in awe. And peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I have sent you, Jesus says. And I think a very interesting thing, especially that I know has been passed over quite a bit from my teaching and learning, and it was kind of brought up this week, is in verse 22, where he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit, which we know typically we recognize that coming in Pentecost, coming more in the book of Acts. So a little bit later on, and he's reminding them of all these different things. But we get here then in 24, that Thomas, the twin, wasn't there. When they tell him about this, he casts out. And it's the story that a lot of us have then heard. 
that he's saying, I only believe if I can put my fingers in the holes and my hand in the side. A week later to together, Jesus appears, says, peace be with you, and shows again and is telling Thomas to do that. Thomas responds with, my Lord, my God. And Jesus then gives us this beautiful little passage here at the end kind of to help us as we are on the this side of the cross, but long past from when this happened. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen yet come to believe, coming from verse 29. And then we have this kind of wrapping up, uh, John does, saying that there's other signs that the disciples were shown that were written in other books, and that this is a book to kind of help you come to believe in Christ. So a lot there, a lot to dig into. But before we jump into how faith and science come together, we have to do our shameless plug. Boom! Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, it gives me a lot of resources to be able to look at and decipher and listen to other biblical scholars, be able to break down and think about these different texts. I also want to do, again, a shameless plug for Vanderbilt Divinity Library. Again, if you're wanting some additional resources, being able to look at maybe some art or being able to find some different places to be able to look at and think about some of these texts, I would recommend these two sources, workingpreacher.org and lectionary.library.vanderbilt.edu. There's a lot in these texts this week thinking about the body of Christ. Jesus appearing to the disciples as they were scared, and rightfully so, and probably mourning to some extent. Yes, they've probably heard this, but they're still probably trying to process everything that's gone on that morning with hearing and having seen some things and different disciples talking about it. And remember that they watched Jesus die not three days before, so they're still processing that. Is Jesus gone? What's going on? Fear, apprehension, scared, mourning, all wrapped into this weird package where we get to the gospel text this week. But we also see within these texts and how important it is to be a unit, to be together. And I know for where we are right now in 2021, that's been a hard thing for us to kind of hear this word of becoming unified and coming together and working through something. Because that's been something that's been hard for us to see. We've seen it in the medical field and how they've been able to come together to try to fight COVID-19. But in a lot of ways, we haven't been able to be together the way that we would like to over the last year plus. So when I was approaching this and thinking about this, I think verse 22 coming out of the gospel text, when Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, really got me thinking. And really got me thinking about, here we have, again, the disciples scared, coming together as one. And what does that remind us of? And it's been something I've wanted to talk about for a very long time in the podcast, but I just have never really found the right week to do it. And I think this week is the right week. It's elephants. You see, elephant herds, to me, in a lot of ways, are very similar to congregations. Hear me out on this. When you look at the family structures of elephants, yes, and I stated family structures because herds of elephants, for the most part, are family units. They're led by a matriarch, so a female leader, 
in this case and usually is one of the older elephants. Sometimes the daughter who is maybe a little younger, a little stronger, will take over that matriarch role and leave the grandmother still in the herd. And then you have the calves who are around, who are slowly venturing out on their own outside of the females. The females will pretty much always stay together. And then you get these small male units as they kind of get beyond their teenage years, go out and venture on their own, and they'll have a small group of boys together wandering around. But yet they're realizing the power of being together. And elephants communicate in frequencies that really we can only hear a part of their vocal range. A lot of what they communicate are these really low ranges that our ears have trouble hearing, but allows for them to be able to carry their sound over extremely long distances in a lot of ways, and partially so that they can communicate with other herds, to be able to communicate and talk to each other. Because a lot of times the other herds that are around are distant family, distant relatives. So there are times where they will all come together. There's times where they'll call out for an alarm call so that people in ways come running to try to help defend. When I'm looking at this and Jesus coming and saying, peace be with you, receive the Holy Spirit, we look at the Acts reading that we have and it's the young church, the beginnings of the church coming together, the believers being together and we're going to be in this together, we're going to help each other through this. The psalm reminding us of how strong we are together and then remembering as First John that it's the body of Christ, that we are forgiven through Jesus. is not anything of our own doing. It's us together. It reminded me a lot of these herds of elephants working together. The matriarchs and the older elephants helping find those watering holes that they know during droughts, these are the places to go because they have such a good long-term memory. But yet having younger elephants who are young, ambitious, and sometimes can maybe find something that's a little bit off the beaten path, but is still food and drink for them to survive and get through and help us lead us in a new direction as the herd is then able to find what it needs. But also I think about how vulnerable are the disciples at this moment, how vulnerable the early churches and acts And how they're coming together and saying, we're going to lift everybody up together. We're going to work together. We're going to defend each other together. We're going to sound those alarm horns if we need to. We're going to have our calves and raise them as a family unit. Because we all are going to help protect each other and stay together and work together in this. You see, I find it really interesting that Jesus here is coming back to the group of disciples. It's the reminder that we're not doing this on our own. It's something that we're doing together. The migrations that elephants do aren't on their own. It's together as they travel over thousands of miles during their migration. You see, we're in this together. So when one casts doubt, the others are there to help lift and breathe life into that doubt. Not to ridicule or put to the side. It's that, no, come, see. Just because Thomas doubts in this moment, the disciples still welcome him in. They still welcome him to come and join and be part of this and see, we're not crazy. But you can have that opinion and that's okay. We're still going to love you and care about you because we're still all trying to figure this out 
too. Elephants, there's multiple different video clips of them even bailing out other species and helping out other species. Not that they have to, but they do. But one of the things that I also found that was really interesting this week as I was looking into elephants is their mourning process. Elephants have been shown that it's the closest thing that we can understand to them mourning, especially when they lose one of their matriarchal leaders. Is if it's a young calf and it's lost its mother, it's going to stand around and try fending off lions for as long as it can and being around its mother, those final moments, just very similar to us, very similar to what we saw last week with the death of Christ, how we clamor to make a tomb and spend all this time and continue to go back. And elephants do similar things. The bones they will pick up with their trunk and put in their mouth and and as if they're trying to rehash and remember and bring back these thoughts of remembrance, of mourning, of tribute for the fallen. The disciples gathering together in a lot of ways that, yes, there was the rumors probably at that point, even from Peter, that, yeah, I saw what I saw this morning, but there's still some of them in mourning. There's still some of them confused. And if anything, I think they all can just, I, I don't know how to interpret this. This is all moving too quickly. And I think we could argue that even for the 21st century. The range of emotion here is important. And just as a herd of elephants work together to accomplish their goals, work together to raise the young, work together to survive, work together to get through the day-to-day life, to defend themselves, even though they have one-inch thick skin, they still depend on each other to help. Just because Thomas doubts, the others were there to help. Just because the early church, they decided to all put their belongings together to help each other. The psalmist recognizing how much stronger we are in unity and that the blessing wasn't for one, it's for all. And that First John, the remembrance of what Christ did for all of us, not for some of us. In the season in which we are in, I think we have to remember that we all have to work together. We have to work together to get through things. We have to move like a herd of elephants. Having the young being able to help maybe wander and sometimes we have to reel them in as a church. But sometimes the young are also going to stumble across watering holes that aren't dangerous, that are good and nourish our bodies along the long journey that we have ahead. And sometimes it's going to be learning experiences. And that's why we have the herd of us working together and not letting us go on our own. Realizing that temptation is always there and that's why it's good to have accountability within numbers. These are all written about groups. Unity coming together as a unified group in the psalm. The early church being together as a group of apostles. We have 1 John writing to a group of Christians, reminding them of the blessings and the promises of what Christ did for us. And the disciples gathered together as a group to figure out and process what they have seen and heard. We are social creatures. We are in this weird time where we can't be together in the groups necessarily that in the ways that we would want to be. But it doesn't mean that we can't still work together as a group. 
we still can't work within the limitations of what we have to accomplish the goals of what Christ has set for us as a group and as individuals. I love the image of elephants working together to cross the river. All of them are needed to help the young be able to get across the strong currents of the river. But it's still a challenge for all of them working together to figure out how we're going to do this because it's not just one of us, it's all of us, and the strength is in the group of us. I love that image. And I think especially as we so quickly and so adamantly love putting down Thomas, realizing that it's the group of us that we all have doubts. We all have times where we question, but it doesn't mean that we leave the group over that. Heck, even in elephant groups, they'll at times get together with their further extended families, and sometimes they move to the other group, but it's always in a group. They're always grouping together because they know that's what they need to do to survive. One of the things that I will say also in researching this week that was a little saddening, and this is coming from March 25th, 2021, as the International Union of Conservation of Nature put out its new list of threatened species, they have moved they have moved the African forest elephant to critically endangered and the African savanna elephant to endangered. And this doesn't even take into account the Asian elephant that is already listed as vulnerable. It's sad to me in a lot of ways when we're looking at this that here we have this beautiful image of the church as us, as people, and how we need each other and how much impact elephants have actually on their environment, which is a whole other discussion for another day. And yet, because of a lot of us, habit deforestation, farmers were causing African elephants and Asian elephants to struggle in many places around the globe. Here again, we struggle with the idea of something that actually represents us really well. To the point of actually researchers comparing elephants to humans a lot. Are we really that threatened by ourselves? Are we really that threatened by someone's doubt? Are we really that threatened by not being able to see 100% eye to eye? Because I think it's also important to see that the disciples, even though they probably were not in the same spot as Thomas, realizing that a week prior they probably, some of them were, and they still welcomed Thomas in. Brothers and sisters, we have to be okay with working together. We have to be able to be creative to be able to work together because sometimes the migratory route in which we take leads to being a drier summer than we initially expected. Sometimes things take longer than we initially expect. Sometimes new challenges arise than what we initially expect. But you don't see elephants sitting there and complaining. You see elephants continuing to move forward. We have to move forward together. We have to move as a group together to help overcome these different things. We need to be able to communicate to other groups of elephants so that we can all move forward together because we are each other's protection. We can lift each other up when we are doubting. We can protect ones when we're vulnerable and going through spiritual growth. We are there to help in times of need. 
young elephants learning from their grandparents and their elders and elephants around them modeling a lot of their own examples. As we as Christians, we in the, within the church, are we doing the same thing? Are we noticing the changes that we are causing for future generations? Are we noticing the impact that we are having on each other moving forward? These are things that I don't think we think about enough. And especially as we are moving into this time, this time of doubt, and what is the church going to look like moving forward? It's time to come together and work together and realize that one's doubt shouldn't just totally capsize the boat. So the Twitter question this week is, how are you going to support each other's doubt? And the reason that I phrase it that way is because we all have different doubts right now. They just might not all be the same. My doubt about different things in the future moving forward might be different than yours. And you might feel more confident about what I'm feeling doubt about. Thus, I need to be spending time around you to help reassure me, to help me get through this season of doubt, of question. I sure hope as a church that we can move together and help each other like a herd of elephants. I hope that we're not reading whatever the denomination is. I hope we're reaching beyond each other's Christian borders to help our brothers and sisters who may not even know the faith yet. And figuring out ways that it's going to be socially okay to be able to do that. Because especially what we see in the Acts reading, it's we're pulling things together to help each other. Brothers and sisters, this has been a difficult year for all of us. But we can't give up now. The church will not give up. And like a herd of elephants, we will continue to move forward, trusting that water is just ahead. Food is just ahead. Because... Our Father has told us it is, he being our great matriarch. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. <laughs>